his gods and to his, his philosophies, his religion, even, even though he knew that they brought in their own religions. And so he erected this huge statue. We don't know exactly what this statue was. It could have been a statue of himself. But this huge statue was nine feet wide and 90 feet tall. Nine feet wide and 90 feet tall. Now, to get a picture of how big 90 feet is, if you know anything about baseball, from home plate to first base is 90 feet. That's how, that's how tall this statue was. Or a basketball court is about 94 feet long. So, so it's almost, this statue would almost fill up, you know, the length of a, of a basketball court. Well, these three Hebrews, they were threatened with death if they didn't bow to the king's image when they heard the music playing. But they basically said this, God's plan for our lives is bigger than this statue, O king. <laughs> it's bigger than this statue, O king. And so in verses 16 to 18, Daniel 3, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, because that was going to be the punishment, you remember, that if you don't bow down, you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. So he said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, God, the God we serve, is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your, from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Well, we know what happened, though. You remember the account that the king was so enraged that he, what, demanded that the furnace be heated up, what, seven times hotter, didn't he? And so hot that even the soldiers who threw the, 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 the three men into the furnace, they were, they were killed. Man, it must have been a, quite, a, quite a fiery furnace. And as they, they fell down into this furnace, the king eventually looked in and saw not just three, he saw four walking around in there, and they were unbound. They weren't, the, their, their, their ropes were burnt off of them, of course. And uh, he said, the, of course, the king noticed that the fourth person was some sort of a spiritual entity. He thought it looked like, this, looked like the Son of God, or looked like an angelic being. It, you know, was the Son of God there. And uh, he called them out. He, they, they came out and they didn't even smell the smoke and it really impacted King Nebuchadnezzar along with Daniel he also, his, his ministry also Im- impacted the king where someday we're going to sing we're going to see King Nebuchadnezzar in heaven he'll, he'll be there because he really did turn to, to the Lord but the point was is that the Hebrew children had the right idea they said Lord they said King uh, if the Lord chooses to spare us Praise his name. That's not going to change our attitude at all, though, if he doesn't. You know, we are, let the Lord have his way. And they were just relaxed in the Lord, weren't weren't they? They were relaxed in him. Yeah. In a sense, it kind of goes back to the idea of, I don't have to survive. The Lord's in charge of my life. Stephen, when he was defending himself before the Sanhedrin, you remember? He had that attitude. Lord, you're in charge of my life. I don't have to survive. If you want me to survive, I will survive. If you don't want me to, I'll be seeing you soon. And of course, in that case, Stephen, his, he was just bold and courageous. And he just, went, he just said, I'm going to do what the Lord wants, wants me to do. And I'm relaxed in him. And of course, the Lord took him home. He, def- he, he didn't, he, you know, the, the three Hebrew children were, were spared. But Stephen was taken home, you know. Loved ones, that's, that's uh, what I, we want to emphasize. That's what our board's attitude is, is that let's just see what God will do. You know, we, we're, we're trying our best. We're, we're doing our best trying to minister. We're still trying to reach kids on Wednesday nights. We're still going to pick them up. We'll go pick them up anywhere they're at. You know, we're, we're, we're trying. You know, we're, people, there's people come here on Wednesday night. They're still trying to do ministry. You know, and even though COVID really knocked the socks off of us. Knock the stuffing out of us. Knock something out of us. Did something to us. You know? It's been tough. It's been hard. But we're still trying. And you just, we just have to rest in the Lord. Really say, just take a deep breath and say, it's up to Him. It's up to Him. Amen. Let's just rest in Him. Let's just see what He'll do. Let's keep praying like Pastor Tim was telling us. Just keep worshiping the Lord. And let's get our direction to... I remember one time uh, 
uh, in, uh, this was years ago, and I was a lot younger than now, but I remember I was district secretary of the district, and I, I was up on the platform during, uh, during the annual meeting, and the general superintendent was speaking to the young preacher boys who were getting ordained. So I'm up there, and, uh, and uh, he basically was saying, uh, he said, you know, you guys, and this was an older man who had had years of experience. He said, you know, you guys, he said, I know you'll be tempted to go to all kinds of seminars and everything else, and you'll, and you'll learn a few things. He said, that, that's, that's important to, to learn things. It's good to go to workshops. and You know, you get ideas, and it, you, the Lord uses those things to build our understanding. And he said, you know, when you go to those, good. But he said, don't think that that is going to bring the power of the Lord to your church. He said, the best thing you can do is go home, get on your knees and pray and ask God what he wants to do. You'll save a whole lot of money too by running all over the country trying to figure it out. That was his advice to those young preacher boys. He said, go home, get on your knees and stay on your knees until you hear God speak. And that's what we're trying to do. Lord, just misspeak to us. We're going to keep, we're going to keep doing what we can, you know. Just, just speak to us. You know, uh, we're not going to, we're not going, you know, we're going to, we're going to face whatever furnace we have to face and just trust the Lord. Amen? So that is our prayer theme. That's our, that is our, our, our prayer theme. Let's just, let's just see what God's going to do. But we have to keep praying. We have to keep praying. We have to keep seeking the Lord in prayer and saying, Lord, it's, you know, it's not about us. We, we don't have to survive. Your, your work in our life goes far beyond Mount Hope or, or, in, or anything that we give to. It goes far, far beyond that Hope Clinic. It goes far, it, it goes, it, you've got, you take us. We're going to find out someday how much God used our lives far beyond where we are right here. I, I really believe it. When you, when you obey Him, you think, you know, what can I do for the Lord? Oh, you won't believe it when you just obey Him. You won't believe it. And you don't even know the extent. That widow who gave that little penny, that half a penny there at the temple that time when Jesus saw her, you won't believe. I, I think we're going to someday see how God used that little penny to glorify himself for generations beyond that little lady's death. Yeah, because that's the kind of God he is. So that's our theme. I hope you'll join us as we seek the Lord to try to, uh, you know, and, um, you know, I'm so appreciative because no one has been critical or angry about anything. We're just thinking, we're just trying to do our best, what, what, what we can do uh, and trying to reach people and trying to minister to people. Way out here in Amish land, way out here, you know, it's, you know, we can say, well, that's our detriment. Well, what, whatever. I don't, you know, you can make all kinds of excuses, can't you? And, you know, maybe that does have an effect on it. You know, some, I've heard some people say that, that they kind of want to go to churches in town, whatever. Okay, whatever. Uh, but I'm not going to bank on that. I'm just going to say, look, whatever you can do, uh, whatever you want to do through us. I mean, there's plenty of country churches that, that are active and working and, and, uh, and doing good things in your name. So I hope you'll join us. Let's see what God will do. Let's just keep praying. Lord, what can you do? And, and if, if you have a critical spirit, <laughs> repent of that and say, you know what, Lord, that doesn't do any good to, to be critical. Let's just try to be united as one and just say, hey, Lord, uh, what do you want to do? Let's let God do what he wants to do. I hope you'll join us. There's a, a song I'd like to play for you today. And uh, uh, it's a song that I believe is a good song for us for 2024, just to begin the year with. And uh, I want to play it. Uh, I want us to hear it now so that we can kind of prime our hearts uh, with it. And, uh, and then also, uh, after we, we talk more about uh, God's Word today, I want to close with that song again so that hopefully, sometimes it's good to hear a song twice. The second time through, you can kind of, oh, I, I got that more. You know, I got that better. Uh, last Sunday at my son's church, uh, a couple of the songs I didn't know, but then uh, more I, you know, you know what, and that's, that's another thing. Have you ever noticed people, if they don't know a song, they say, I don't know that one. 
you know. And, uh, well, that doesn't do any good, does, does it? I, uh, I found that uh, if I just say, you know what, if I listen to, if I listen to the first verse, okay, I, I think I got it, you know. <laughs> and I can join in the second. And, uh, and the Lord always winds up blessing. But this song is a song I think will bless you. It's blessed me. It's called uh, uh, Made Me Glad. Made Me Glad.
Well, I hope that psalm was encouraging to you as it has been to me. Um, I was going to play that for you the very first Sunday in January, so I've been blessed by it many times here over these last few weeks. And I want to just share with you today about the sufficiency of God for us as we have been in this resurrection series. And in 2 Timothy, I want to read you a section of scripture that just describes the, the faithfulness of God to us here. And it says, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead. As Paul is instructing Timothy, this was Paul's last letter that he ever wrote on earth. He wrote this from a Roman prison to Timothy. He said, uh, raised from the dead, descended from, from David. This is my gospel for which I'm suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus which uh, with eternal glory. Here's a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure, we'll also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Very powerful uh, saying. In fact, some believe that was a little chorus that the early church adopted as they, as they would sing a little, little prayer chorus in their, in their worship gatherings. Lord, as we look at your word today, and as we look at, uh, just try to consider the, some thoughts of your word, uh, directions for us, encouragement for us, we pray that, Lord, your spirit would really speak to our hearts today and convey your truth to us, to our minds, what we need to understand. And I pray that it will encourage us in such a way that we will leave this place today changed, that our minds will be, uh, maybe if we were kind of clouded and maybe down or maybe discouraged or looking, looking away from you, and um, even if it was accidentally, I pray that, that by your grace that will change today and that we will keep our eyes on you and that, that not, just, uh, not just looking to you empty-mindedly, but we would, our minds would be absorbed in your truth and direction, that we will look to you with expectation for our needs and for what needs to happen in our life and what you want to do in our life next. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, today, I was looked this up. I've had to change these figures a little bit, but uh, today uh, marks the, uh, the fourth week of 2024. So that means there's only 48 more to go, 48 more weeks to go, uh, or 338 days, or 8,112 hours, or four. 186,720 minutes or 29,289,595,000 seconds. Of, of course, that's just now changed. We have to have to change the seconds. It's just changing as we speak, right? But uh, have you noticed how time passes so quickly? I mean, think about it. We, this is uh, the January 28th. We are almost done with January, the first month of 2024. Seems like we just celebrated New Year's, isn't it? Uh, isn't, that, isn't that strange? I think time passes uh, faster as we get older. You've heard me say this before. I think I've told you this before, but this is a true that uh, Andy Rooney tells us. He says this. He, he says that, that he's learned that life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer it gets to the end, the faster it goes. You know, now that's deep. That is deep, and that's a deep, deep philosophy there. So uh, the world, you know, uh, the way where things are today can be quite sobering, can't it? The way things are. I tell you, I almost hate to read the news, but I know I got to, I got to read it to, uh, uh, to at least stay in touch with what's happening. And sometimes I think I just don't want to read anymore. It's so discouraging. There's never anything, uh, very little encouraging, and I should say, um, I saw an article. Um, uh, headline from one of the top economists in the country that said that 2024 is going to be an an economic disaster. I said the economy is going to crash in a terrible way this this year. I don't know if you've been reading those articles or not. Um, Ukraine and Russia, Ukraine and Russia are still going at it, along with Israel and Hamas, with us of course footing a good portion of the bill for both of those wars. And uh, I don't know if you noticed lately too, our southern border is a chaotic mess. That's getting, getting, getting worse, getting worse there. I don't understand. Our leaders seem to be so confused and idiotic about the simple thing that needs to be done there. But um, 
love was if this world was all we had to build our hopes on and the only, the only place where our faith could rest, we'd be at the edge of despair today. <laughs> Things are really bleak, uh, wouldn't we? But I want to remind you and encourage you that as followers of Jesus Christ that these also can be the best of days in the sense that we can learn how to trust the Lord and draw closer to Him because the promise is if we would draw closer to Him, He would draw closer to us. And He's the one even prompting us anyway to draw draw closer to Him by His grace. Amen? But um, there is, uh, there's not much hope in this, in this world. There's not much future hope, I should say. Things, things are not, uh, if you've read the Bible, you'll know that this place is not going to last. <laughs> and it seems like the longer we live, uh, the more things uh, deteriorate. Um, you might have heard the, 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 the true account, um, you know, well, although things are deteriorating, the, the brightest hope, we have the brightest hope that looms up before us as, as Christians, that even though we see things turning around us, we know that we have a better day coming. You might have heard the true account of grand old John Quincy Adams, our sixth American president. Um, when this fellow, he was uh, walking down one of his streets in Boston one day, and he was just turning 80 years old. And uh, he was hobbling down with a cane, going, going down one of the streets. And um, a friend suddenly appeared and slapped him on the shoulder. And I uh, hope they didn't slap him too hard. But uh, they said, well, the friend said, well, how's, how's John Quincy Adams this morning? How's he doing? The old gentleman turned around slowly, smiled, and said, well, I'm fine, sir. I'm fine. But let me tell you, this old house that John Quincy lives in is not so good. <laughs> he said the foundation is about to fall away. The shingles are all gone off the roof. The windows are so dim that John Quincy can hardly see out anymore. As a matter of fact, it wouldn't surprise me if before winter's over, he had to move out. <laughs> but as far as John Quincy Adams is concerned, he's never been better, sir. Never been better. And that, loved ones, is the hope of a, of a Christian. That even though everything is deteriorating around us, like the Apostle Paul says, we, you know, we, we're wearing out on the outside but on the inside, we're being renewed day by day. We're wasting away on the outside. Everything, the world is wasting away. As, you know, and it, even though there's so many beautiful things about the world, there's also so many ugly and terrible, uh, terribly discouraging things about the world. It's, it's wearing away. God's got a new day for us. Amen? And so it's the same for God's children. Um, but Jesus, what God has done for us through his son's death, his son's death and resurrection, let me tell you, our future is very bright indeed. It's very bright and it's been never better. The apostle Peter tells us in um, 2 Peter, let me get that up here for you, very encouraging. He says, by his divine power, that is the cross and the resurrection, that's, that's the kind of that's the power he's talking about. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Wow. Oh, so there's just a positiveness in being a, being a Christian, isn't there? Uh, the scripture is very clear that, that, that we need to have... Uh, God, uh, you know, supply us, supply our hearts uh, with uh, things that enable us to get beyond the darkness of this world. And God has supplied those. If we determine to bless the Lord and forever and to trust Him at all times, He's already provided deliverance from the fear uh, of, uh, of the future and, the, and sin and uh, placed us upon a rock that cannot be moved. Amen by this world or by any hardship the world would throw upon us. And that rock, of course, is who is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We are enabled to not be moved off the foundation. We are enabled to not be moved off the firm foundation of Jesus. Jude, uh, Jesus' half-brother here, uh, Jude says, Now all glory to God, who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. Amen. No matter what 2024 holds, and I, I listed some discouraging things, our Lord has already prepared everything for us to stand and to abide in Him. His Word tells us that He is our 
shield. The Lord is our shield. We're going to look at some of these adjectives, these descriptions of the Lord here. He is my protector. You know, there are many uncertainties uh, in this world that threaten our sense of security and our sense of well, 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 well-being. But it can be so disheartening and even terrifying at times. But anxiety becomes uh, a close companion when we begin counting everything that can go wrong. <laughs> We'll begin looking at everything that can be wrong in our daily experiences. Perhaps this is why God gave us in his scriptures uh, a picture of his protective nature. That he is a shield. God will be our shield. Psalm chapter 3 here. Uh, Psalm 3, three says, But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. Now, when, when we think of, of a shield, we think of being protected from an enemy, don't, don't we? Trying to harm us or destroy us. But the, ones, the very first revelation of our Creator, this is so beautiful, is the expression of His passion of protection. The very first revelation of who God is, is this expression of passion of wanting to be a protector. In Genesis chapter, three, uh, chapter 1 here, Genesis chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, look at this. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering, beautiful word here, hovering over the surface of the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. This word hover is a picture of a mother hen covering or protecting, nurturing life to her chicks. That's, that's where the word comes from. The Spirit of God covered over all that chaotic mess on the earth and said, let there be light. The very first understanding we have of God is that He wants to be a protector. He wants to be a nurturer. He wants to bring us to life. He wants to renew us and refresh us, make us new. You know, knowing the exact conditions, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, that we, that we would need for the earth to be habitable. God was nurturing the earth. He created it. Uh, you know, to be able to have life here. And he nurtured it. He, he made a protective atmosphere. We're the only planet in the solar system, only planet in the universe as far as we know, that has an atmosphere that protects us from the radiation of the sun, that protects us from so many things, from meteorites, you know, that could bombard us and kill us at any moment. You know, they, they burn up in our atmosphere. They, the, our atmosphere is, is, a, has, uh, is our protection for, for life here on the planet. It shields us against countless dangers. And again, the only planet in the entire universe that can sustain life. So God himself is the protector of our souls, the watchman, if you will, over our spirits. And as the atmosphere is constantly defending the, our, our planet, God guards us in countless ways every day. And just as the atmosphere filters out harmful substances, God deflects all kinds of toxic thoughts and worries from our minds. He diffuses the fiery attacks of the enemy. And on this side of heaven, I don't think we'll ever fully realize how much God has protected us that someday he'll, will be revealed to us. So looking at all God has made, including a shield protecting every piece of his handiwork, we remember how carefully he protects our lives too. He's our shield. He's our shield. He's a shield for us. And our faith in him works as a shield. And of course, we have Ephesians chapter 6, 16 that tells us that our faith is that shield. Um, this God here in Psalm 1830 here says, This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. Amen. Another thing the Lord is to us is that he is our strength. He's our strength. We have all had these moments when unexpected tragedy came up and slapped us in the face, getting uh, sucker punched. You know, I see, you know, a lot of times they'll report it in the news or uh, show a video of somebody getting sucker punched, you know, unexpectedly. You know, you just walk along the sidewalk and some weirdo decides to punch you in the stomach and uh, just, just lands you flat on the sidewalk, right? Um, Everybody has that happen sometime in life. Or you just get sucker punched and it knocks the, the breath out of you for a moment. I know our, our family felt uh, that way last February with the unexpected loss of our grandson, Boaz. Um, 
you kind of gasp in uh, unexpected sorrow, like, and you can't hardly think straight, and in your loss, and you've experienced these things too. It's that's not us. I mean, it's not it's not uncommon. We've all been sucker punched. You cry out with all your heart to the Lord for strength, and because you can't kind of put it together, nothing can remove the immediate pain that the loss, the pain of loss, and the weakness that you, that you feel. But people look for strength in places and from those who are just as hopeless and helpless as they are. So you must look for strength from a good source outside of yourself. And that's what, that's what Job said here in Job 35, 36.5. He said, Behold, the Lord is mighty and does not despise any. He is mighty in strength of understanding. Isaiah 40.31 But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Psalm 73, 26. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is my strength and my heart and my portion forever. (laughs) The good news, even when you are physically, emotionally, or mentally struggling, God will remain with you through the hard times, providing you with the strength you need to heal. Amen. Another thing the Lord is to us is He's something we don't use this very often, but He's our portion, the Bible says. He's our portion. And that's actually a, another word for inheritance. He's our inheritance. Um, Psalm 73, uh, 25 to 26 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. He's my inheritance forever. The word portion, again, it means inheritance. And loved ones, God loves us so dearly, He has planned a glorious eternity for us. A glorious one. These hard days we face right now will soon be over. And we will accomplish, um, you know, He will accomplish His good purposes in us through these hard times. I think what he's doing, and Billy Graham said this a long time ago, he said he's training us to learn how to rule with him someday. That right now the troubles we're having is just a training process of learning how to be strong in the faith and learning how to walk in righteousness in the midst of all kinds of hardship and learning how to rule with the Lord when we get to heaven. I think he's, he's right there. Yeah, so we're learning how to... How to uh, um, to stay in the Father's will, just like Jesus had to learn to do the Father's will. As said, Jesus learned through many tears and many struggles to do the Father's will, the book of Hebrews tells us. So we are learning to do our Father's will through the hard impossibilities of this world. About four years ago, I remember I took my dad to a a lawyer and uh, we created a will for him. And um, he has uh, earthly goods and blessings that he wants me to be sure to, well, that he, that he wants to be sure to pass on to my brother and to my sister and to myself. And I was able to write them out I, at the very end of the will. It was really neat. No, I'm just kidding. I, I didn't do that. But, uh, but um, I always joke with him about that. I say, you know, I don't, I don't see your name in this document. And, you know, I was telling my brother and my sister that. But uh, anyway, it was... Um, my dad, he wanted to do that, um, where, uh, of course, these riches that he's going to pass on to us are just ten- temporary, but our he- my Heavenly Father, he has eternal riches in Jesus that will be ours forever. I tell you, be fun just to, it's fun just to sit down and think about all the riches that God's going to give us. Think about it. A perfect, disease-free body. <laughs> A soul perfected in holiness Never to sin again. And you just think, well, I'm afraid I'm going to sin in heaven. You don't have to worry about it. It's not even going to be a possibility and you won't even think about it. It's going to be something. And, and then, of course, all the gifts of wisdom. I, I have our, a perfect mind there. And uh, all the gifts of wisdom and new, new discoveries of how deep and wide and high and long the love of God is. It's going to be marvelous. So God is our portion. He's our inheritance, our eternal inheritance. And again, it's not just stuff. No, everything we have is in Him. In, it is, uh, is in connection to His wondrous presence. Um, 
what the Apostle Paul said is in Romans here. He said, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in the sufferings and order that we may also share in his glory. Amen. Amen. He's not only our portion, but he's also the Bible says our deliverer in Psalm 18:2 here says the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Uh, the scripture informs us that uh, God is our deliverer. Then that, that is he rescues us. He comes to our aid. He rescues us from harm or danger. I tell you, have you ever seen the Lord rescue you from danger? I've seen it a number of times in my own life, in my family's life, uh, how our Savior is a deliverer. Um, You know, he, he, He saved us. He saved us from sin and death. And a deliverer is somebody who lifts you from danger and trouble because you are incapable of doing it yourself. You can't do it yourself. You need someone to help you. Oftentimes, we can get ourselves out of trouble. You know, we can get ourselves out of trouble. You know, God's given us the ability to get out of trouble. But there are times, oftentimes emergencies, when we can't help ourselves. Nobody can help us. Uh, you know, or if somebody doesn't help us, you know, then we're sunk. I remember a, a time uh, years ago when we were pastoring up in Michigan. I was outside one 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 day and... I uh, I thought I heard what it sounded like a cat was was like a tomcat was really angry. You know how that sounds when you you just had that that sound of a cat. And I thought, is that a cat or is that somebody calling for help? It just sounded like I kept. I thought that that's cat. You know. And the more I listened, I thought, no, I think it sounds like somebody is saying help. And I remember I went in the backyard and I thought I could hear it coming from the next block over, you know, we, where we lived. It was just kind of a small little um, area of the houses. And I, uh, I thought, somebody is calling for help. So I, I went across another yard and I, and I went to a trailer where I thought it was happening. And there was a truck and a, there was a, a trailer that was behind this truck. And as I walked up to the house, I looked down and there was a man, a... a uh, a mentally challenged man. I remember um, he was around town. I knew who he was. And I looked at him and I almost had to cry because there was the tongue of the, tra- the trailer was somehow str- was straddled across his leg and he was trying to hold it up. It was a tra- trailer was loaded. He couldn't lift up high enough to get his leg moved in. If he, if he let go of it, it was going to snap his leg in half. And he was crying out for help. And I remember, I, of course, I rushed to his aid and I lifted the trailer up and, and he was able to get out of it. And uh, that's the way the Lord does for us. There's sometimes we just, we, there's no way we can help ourselves. And we're, we're crying out for help, help, <laughs> you know, help. And the Lord comes to our rescue and uh, delivers us. Yeah. says you first uh, John says you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world so not only does God deliver us in this world but from the eternal the eternal wrath to come remember there in first Thessalonians is really a wonderful verse and to wait we're waiting for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath of God amen so God delivers us from, uh, from what we don't have. We don't have any power to deliver ourselves from. Also, he says uh, that he is our shelter. God is our shelter, or in other words, that would be like fortress. That is, uh, that's our safe place. That's what a shelter is. It's our safe place. It's our retreat. It's a place to uh, receive aid and relief and protection and rest from that which is weakening us, that is pounding you, eventually harming you terribly. I remember as a young father and husband, I used to, uh, the kids would be asleep, Becky would be asleep, and maybe there'd be a, a storm would come up and it'd be, you know, um, if it was a too rough of a storm, like a lot of lightning and thunder, I didn't have to worry about this because the kids would soon be in our bed. You know, they, they came into us. But, but sometimes they wouldn't wake up and, I, and it might be... Um, 
uh, you know, maybe it was raining or maybe it was winter time. Maybe there was a lot of, I, mean, I could hear the wind howling out, you know, out, out, outside. And more, more than once, I remember getting up and I'm sure, um, you know, you've done this yourself. Um, just checking on everybody. You know, you're looking in onto the boys' room and hearing the wind howl outside their, their rooms, you know, this terrible storm going on and looking in and making sure, okay, they're all right. And maybe going in and pulling the blankets up around them and checking the girls' room and checking, you know, checking Becky or whatever. And, you, you know, you're uh, making sure that they're, they're safe, that they're sheltered, you know. I'm sure that you've, you've done that too. You know, you, you check the windows, you know, check the, check the window or ch- check the doors, make sure they're locked at night, just to make sure everybody's safe and, and sheltered. I tell you, that it, uh, I tell you, it matters to God that we are safe from harm, the harm of the devil and the world. It does matter to God. It frustrates the devil something fierce because he can't, God has built a hedge around us and he can't harm us. Now there's a difference between hurting and harming, you know. Sometimes, uh, sometimes we do get hurt. Um, you know, um, Jacob got hurt, you know, when he was wrestling with the Lord. And the Lord, you know, touched him in the side or touched him in the leg and he had to limp, you know, he, you know, he got hurt. Sometimes hurting helps us to learn to surrender better. But harming is different. Harming goes deeper and actually damages the soul. God never harms us. He may hurt us at times to get us to cling to him more. But he never harms us. The devil wants to harm us. He's like a a lion seeking who he might devour and destroy. But God never harms us. He might have to hurt us occasionally to get our attention and to get us to start clinging to him just like Jacob did. But he'll never harm us. The writer says in Psalm 91, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. Amen. Well, let's, let's, let's wind this down for you here. He's also, He's our strong tower. Proverbs 18.10 and uh, says here that, that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they're safe. And that word safe actually means this. That literally we are established firm in the power and the security of God's character. That it's his character alone that holds us tight. That holds us, that protects us. Uh, the, the, a tower in the Old Testament was placed, uh, was a place of a fortified completeness. Therefore, uh, when we totally surrender to the Lord, loved ones, and abide within Him, uh, His noble, holy, loving character, we find that we are being made into His image at the same time and into His character. And that's where the strength and power comes from. And the world is so frustrated and the devil is so frustrated because we respond with love while they're responding with hate. They don't know what to do with us. We find our security and courage in Him. And let me just close with this. That He is also our ever-present help in time of need. Psalm 46, 46, 1 here says that God is our refuge and strength and very present help. And that means abundantly available in trouble. And that word means tight places. <laughs> God's help is abundantly available when we're squeezed into a light, tight place of trouble. Oh, you've been squeezed in a tight place of trouble. God has promised us that in your time of trouble, when you face a persistent, ever-present evil, I will be your ever-present help. Again, that phrase, ever-present, means always here, always available, with unlimited access. So in short, the abiding presence of the Lord is always in us. Ever been in a tight place before? Squeeze with no wiggle room. Well, keep trusting the Lord and watch Him display His power. Amen. I might just add, let's see what God will do. Did you hear that phrase? Did I mention that phrase before? (laughs) Let's see what God will do. Amen. Let's see what He will do in 2024 as we determine to honor Him and love Him with our lives. Let's close today again with this, uh, with this song. And uh, let's worship the Lord. And uh, as we listen to it again, 
and then I'll call, come up and lead us in a clo closing prayer, okay?
would you stand with me this morning as we leave today? And if you have a need in your heart right now in your life, let's just open up our hearts to the Lord as we as we uh, call upon Him. Father, you know the needs that are here today. You know the concerns. You know the thoughts. You know the the sadnesses, the sorrows, and you know the the, the fears, the uh, the uncertainties, the discouragements, the depressions. Oh, you know these things. You know the you know the sorrows. You know the sadnesses. You know the the grief that that sometimes just suddenly pops up. That we're still dealing with and the loss of a loved one. So Lord, you see all these things and, and Lord, in light of that, we think of the discouraging things that are bombarded, we're bombarded with every day from the news and the media. And we know, we see our culture, we see the things that are happening. We pray that you, Father, will help us to find that you are a strength that in is able to give us victory over all these things that you have supplied the strength necessary, the shelter, the the deliverance. You, you supplied, Lord, our protection that all things are in you and that you have supplied, Lord, uh, uh, the ability um, through your spirit for us to stand firm in a world that is falling apart. And Lord, we our lives don't need to fall apart because you are everything we need. And pray today that uh, Lord, as we as we leave this place, we pray that you'll watch over us and bring these thoughts to our minds throughout the day. Pray that uh, Lord, that you will help us to um, continue to pray for the the ministry of Mount Hope as we think about our own lives. And we just want you to do what you want to do. We leave it to you, Lord, just to lead us, just to pray that we'll be surprised by your power, surprised by your glory. So in Jesus' name, we, we entrust ourselves again. We pray that you'll forgive us for our, our, littleness, our littleness of faith, our smallness of faith. You'll forgive us, Lord, for sometimes not calling on you as quickly as we, as we should. Thank you for your mercies to us and for your abundant kindness and your generosity. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Be sure to encourage somebody before you leave, huh?